Hey, thanks for joining us here on The House Podcast. We hope that you are encouraged by this message. If you want to learn more about The House, check out our website at welcometothehouse.com or download The House app. Come on, if you came uh, yesterday, make some noise. Listen, it was so exciting. We are glad that you are here. Uh, we do. We, we, we are excited. And I just want to say this. There are a lot of great churches in uh, northwest Arkansas. And we are not in competition with them. Uh, we're, we pray for them. We want. I texted two or three pastors this morning in our area uh, praying for um, their services, praying for their teams and their staff, uh, praying that people can be discipled and mentored and, and um, ultimately prayed for. And so... Um, I know that there was a lot of options, and for you to come here, uh, we're going to value your time. Uh, we're going to preach the word. Uh, we, we're going to preach the word, and, and I, I don't know what to tell you. I, I realize that in this room, uh, there are a million worldviews. Um, the reason I know that, uh, that, that means that there's a million opinions. And, and let's just be honest. I, I, if you, if you, this may be the only time you come, so I'm going to just come real. Uh, but I have six people in my house and we can't decide what the air should be on. Don't ask all six at one time what they want for dinner. You know, how many of y'all, can I get an amen on that? Some of y'all, that just sets you free because you, you thought your family was weird. Just spoke to you right there, that's worth coming. You know what I'm saying? I got one, uh, one child that doesn't understand budget and when I say, what do you want to eat? They say steak. I say, shut up. I got another child that says cheese, and I'm like, you got to keep bringing it, and j- just cheese. And so, uh, so anyway, I, I, I know it, but I think that if we will begin to hone in on what Jesus says, then we will all be, have to ask questions and shift toward what the Lord says. Come on, does that make sense? And so I really do. This is a huge moment uh, that we are celebrating, not because it's a church and, and you're here, but, but really um, we're celebrating how life can change for every person. That's what we're celebrating. And today it is my hope that you find answers, like some, some real answers to the questions that are going on in your soul. I'm not, I'm not talking about uh, superficial questions like, what should I wear? Or, or where should I go eat after service? I'm talking about deeper questions, questions that uh, make you contemplate reality, ethics, purpose, eternity, like those deep questions. And, and, and I will tell you this, that you may be like, well, I haven't pondered any of that. We have a culture that loves to stay busy, but here's what I can tell you. You cannot be busy enough to quiet the internal critic when it all stops. And so you can go from one thing to another and be achievement-based, and you can try to put, put as many things on your calendar, but there will be a time, and it may not be at 20, it may not be at 25, it may not be at 30, but there will be a time when you begin to get tired of running the race, try to fill in the gaps of, uh, of what's happening in your life, and you will ache. Come on, is this true? See, the, the truth is we live in a world where there is plenty to talk about. There is. I mean, there's plenty to talk about. We can talk about family. Uh, 
We can talk about sports. I mean, the NBA is starting and people are talking to me about golf. I had three conversations the other day about golf. I, tried, I love church get-togethers because then I get free tips. Come on, somebody. And so I was like, well, how do you do that? Oh, your golf face, what? Um, talk about real estate. Man, property value? Come on. Some of y'all, like you bought at the right time and you're like, thank you, Jesus. You know, some of you are buying now and you're like, yeah. And talk about success. I mean, you can't turn on YouTube without a 3.7 point, 20 point on how to achieve, win, be successful. Oh, and talk about restaurants. I just want to tell you, if, if you're from Northwest Arkansas and you're from here and like you know a good spot, don't keep that to yourself. <laughs> don't do that. Sharing is caring. Come on, let, let people know where the five stars are at. Uh, talk about politics. People talk about politics. Talk about people. And I'm not talking about negative. My kids watch uh, babysit kids, and they're, we're, they're always telling us funny stories of what the, the kids said and what the kids did. Local news, we're talking about what's going on in northwest Arkansas. Come on, how many of y'all are just so excited that there's not traffic going on? At, you know, like, like the traffic is, is moving, and there's not construction going on on Walnut. Come on, anymore. Hallelujah. Um, we talk about investments. We talk about investments, portfolios. Uh, we talk about stocks. Some of y'all are like, what's that word? I don't know. I have kids that are my investment. Is that bad? You know what I'm saying? Like I push them to do better than I did so they can take care of me. It's my investment. Um, well, all of these subjects, come on, are important. Or actually, they're not important. They're interesting. But they're not really Important. The Bible challenges us to know about important things. And here's what it says. It processes us. It, it challenges us to process the awareness of sin and its effect on the world. Sin has had an effect on the world, and we need to know for real who can fix it. Like, who can fix it? And I don't know if you have been discouraged, but by turning on some of the news and the content and what's happening and where we're at and what's going on, and it's just like, man, who can fix this? And I'm glad that no one yelled Chick-fil-A. I mean, I'm like, I, I got, they can order it. They can do it. Uh, the, the truth is, everyone in life is looking for life. They're looking for life, uh, and life is found in Jesus. And I'm going to go ahead and give you the spoiler warning. Uh, Jesus is the one who saves. Like, he's the one who saves, and, and this is why we're celebrating today. And so I just want you to know that we're not really trying to be a church that operates in emotionalism. Don't get it twisted. We are emotional. I don't know if anybody's ever helped you in your life get to where mentored you, helped you understand your business, helped you understand family, began to mentor you, maybe play the role of a father figure or a mother figure in your life. And I promise you that when you begin to see them and you have applied some of the practices and principles that they've given you, you don't treat them like you don't know them. You're grateful. You give honor. And I just need you to know that there was no one that could save you. Hear me? And so when we worship and we stand, 
stand for songs and we lift our hands and when we begin to posture ourselves where we want to value and listen and obey the word of God, it is because he gave us what no one else could give us. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 3 and 4 says this. For I, this is Paul talking, I deliver to you of the first importance. Listen, like what's the main thing is what I've received. I'm going to give it to you. And here's what he says. That Christ died for our sins in accordance with Scripture. And he, come on, listen, was buried and he rose on the third day. Third day. Accordance with scripture. This is why we praise. This is why we worship. This is why we get excited about this day. Because this is the day that began to set people free. And the revelation of what happened that we are commemorating, remembering, is the thing that has transformed families, broken bondages. Come on, help me. Does that make sense? Come on. My assignment today is Jesus saves. It's sobering to ponder the notion that you can't fix yourself. And a lot of people try. Now you can fix your teeth. You can fix your hair. You can fix your um, financial position. You can even try to fix your schedule. <laughs> But you can't fix the longing in your soul. Sure, we, we can clean it up a little bit and try to work on it a little bit. A little wind therapy, a little outside, a little climb a mountain, a read a bike. I mean, ride a bike, kind of just you know, try, trying, to, trying to get us a little bit excited about life. But it's like putting clothes on a cat. The cat really can't dress itself. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> the cat needs help. Because of sin, we are all, listen, spiritually sleeping. The Bible says that we are dead inside. And so, listen, you can look for whatever you want that will make you feel alive, but... but Spiritually, the Bible says that we're dead. So we crave things that try to awaken us and thrills and power and money and pleasure and fame and something to try to jolt and, and awaken what only God can. We long for God's presence. We try to battle our trauma, overriding ambition, anxiety, people-pleasing, try to... Just try to create enough space so that people will accept us. No amount of therapy or working out or achievements quiets the internal critic. See, that there's something going on in you. And, I, and if we were going to be intellectually honest, there is this internal conversation that is happening in you. Sure, it may go great for a week or two or maybe in a month or maybe six months, but there will be a trigger, there will be a conversation, there will be a moment, and all of a sudden you will feel this rejection, you will feel this worthlessness, you will feel this abandonment, you will feel alone, you will feel this. And, and here's the thing is, God sent Jesus 
to wake you up. I'm here to tell you and give you this thought that just because you're breathing doesn't mean you're living. Come on, I want, I, want to, I want to stay there for a second. The Bible calls everyone born into this world spiritually dead. Matthew chapter 8, verse 19 through 24. And a scribe came up and said to him, Teacher, I will follow you wherever you go. But Jesus said, Foxes have holes and birds of the air have their nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Another disciple said to him, Lord, let me first go bury my father. And Jesus said, follow me, leave the dead to bury their own dead. In this passage, Jesus gives us clarity and he gives us, listen, challenge. To the excited scribe, he tries to communicate everything of this world has a home. Would you give a fox a home? And foxes, I mean, foxes need homes. God cares so much about a fox. I mean, I would just think that if you have like rabbits or if you have like, like I don't know, like you, you're a farmer or you're like, like, have you ever thought that one day I'm going to ask God why he created certain things? Please do not, I'm not thinking about people, okay? So, you're like, huh, yeah, I got like three people. Why did God create them? I'm not thinking more like scorpions. I was thinking, I'm thinking more like that. And I know that you, you may really know the answer, like you have four degrees and you're like the ecosystem. And I, I understand. I just like to stay small, contemplate things that sting, and ask the question, why? And Jesus, the meaning of Jesus' communication to the scribe was, my identity is not found in this world. And here's what I'm trying to communicate to you. This place I am moving through, and I did not come here to rest. I did not come here to try to make a home. My home is in heaven. Come on, you hear what I'm saying? The second thing that he said to the devoted disciple is why would you forfeit being spiritually alive to bury the spiritual dead. Now think about that. Jesus wasn't against funerals and he wasn't against burial. He was trying to teach the disciple the difference between the life that he offers and the death that is around him. Today, I hope that we reshape your view of living and realize that Jesus provides the only way out of death. Only way out of death. Everybody wants to try to build something that lasts. To be remembered in a positive life. History is full of great men and women who had incredible accomplishments. Stories of businesses and movements and governments. And yet, they all have a time span. Think about studying history and seeing the great governments of the world. People move on. Culture changes. Great stories become whispers. Why? Because people die. 
Here's the thing that I want you to know is you can be 100% sure of this. And I'm not trying to be morbid, but the reality is there is one thing that all of us will experience. No matter what color you are, no matter what social economic background you have, no matter how much degrees you have, we all will. All of us. And, and, and so the question begins to then begin to ponder, um, why? We die because of sin. Sin brings death. Sin separates us from God. And God, listen, created Adam and Eve in the garden. And I, here's what I want you to know is that God created life and wanted them to live more abundantly. But because they sinned, death came in. Death was a byproduct of their fall. Here's the story. Genesis chapter 3, 1 through 3 says this. Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the other beasts of the field that the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, did God actually say? He challenged her commitment. You shall not eat of the tree in the garden and the woman said to the serpent that we may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden but God said you shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden neither shall you touch it lest you die so when I when I read this I read this very like uh, when I first read this as a teenager I struggled because I was like they ate it and they didn't die. Because I, 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 I read the, the scripture as if immediate. So I was thinking, you know what I'm saying? Like, like you know, when you're parenting and you're like, don't go in the street. You know, it's not like, if thou is going in the street when I tell you not to, a car may come. I'm like, don't go in the street lest you die. You know what I'm saying? So it's kind of immediate. And I was thinking when they ate the fruit, it was like... But what God was saying is that actually you're alive. And if you begin to rebel and you eat what I haven't prepared for you, then you actually begin to trust in you and not in me. And that means you are now picking who is the Lord of your life. And if I am not leading, I am life. So you're choosing. Come on, does this make sense? You actually, if you want to investigate the scripture, I just don't have time for the sake of time, but you can actually see that when they ate the fruit, the Bible says that their eyes opened and their eyes closed. What, what, did God create them blind? No, 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 no. He created them with spiritual life and you need to know that there's life and more that goes on in the spiritual realm than just what you can touch and see. In uh, in. Um, Ephesians the Bible says that we fight against principalities and powers and darkness and so here's what I want you to know it wasn't that God didn't want man and woman to see after the flesh just seeing out of the, seeing by the spirit was so much better that's why the Bible says they didn't know they were naked come on I don't know like how much education do you need to know have before you know what naked is like, I don't need to be in art class as a freshman in college. Like, I knew what naked was young. But they didn't know. 
And here was the next thing. The Bible says that God, they begin to hear God. And, and why were they scared? Because they heard, but they didn't see, and they had never not seen the Lord. And that's why they hid something terrible has changed. That's right. You invited death. And now there's a number of your days and you will pass away. Come on, you hear what I'm saying? Okay. They gave into the devil's temptation and they chose death, not fully understanding their actions. They rebelled. They gave up their life. And this is a good lesson, listen, about rebellion because just because one doesn't fully understand the ramifications of their choice doesn't mean they get to erase the consequences. Our culture believes that wrong choices made with a sincere heart should be accepted, permissible, or just labeled a mistake. But the Bible teaches us that rebellion is like witchcraft, and rebellion, I need you to know, isn't soft, it's defiant. I grew up watching sitcoms in the 90s, and in 30 minutes, they could right every wrong. And I need you to know that that fictitious drama is not reality. That in 30 minutes, oh, you snuck out, you lied to everybody, you stole the car, but you brought it back. You want ice cream? <laughs> Chocolate? <laughs> I love my family. They're so cool. C come on. Adam and Eve walked away from God. And yet, God in his loving kindness provided a way of sacrifice and, 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 and then expectation. So, so not only did he forgive them and set up a priestly order that would begin to sacrifice so that they could have forgiveness of their wrong, but he also set up expectation and he gave them the Ten Commandments to, to let his people know this is my standard. Come on, will you put those up? Maybe it's been a long time since you looked at these. But let's just look a little bit. Because God doesn't measure you on um, your social status. God doesn't measure you on your intention. God doesn't measure you. Come on, listen. God measures you off of thou shall have no other gods before me. You shall make no idols. Come on. And it's very easy for our brand, for social media, for something. Whatever you reach to first. Come on. You always defend what's an idol. You'll always fight for it. You shall make no other name. Listen, you shall not take the let the Lord's name in vain. Keep the Sabbath day holy. Honor your father and mother. Don't murder. Don't commit... Uh, adultery listen uh, uh, come on don't steal don't bear stop lying where'd you go nowhere you went somewhere I don't even know why I lied about that I just felt attacked I've got traumas and triggers it's your fault not mine you need to call my dad that's the culture we're in God didn't write this for everybody else who put you in harm's way. God wrote this for us.
Don't covet. Oh my God, we're getting out of this apartment. Why? Because Susie's out of her apartment and we're going to get, and I need a new car because they got a new car. And we, wait, listen, we, we were so content with our um, 2,500 square feet, but you know, our best friends, they got 32. And so we're going to go, we're rebuilding. <laughs> you don't even want no more kids. And your friend had two more and you're like, we're thinking about adoption too. And your wife's looking at you and you're like, we are? And you're like, just go with it. You know, yeah. <laughs> Before you know it, you're being motivated and controlled. Come on, hear me. Here's the deal. We've all broken these standards. Just leave them up there. I'm not giving this to you because it's shame, shame, shame. I'm telling you that God measures us off of his standards. And just because we haven't thought deep about the tentacles of how all this plays out in our life doesn't mean that God doesn't see it. There is no way to step into spiritual life on your own. As powerful as sin is, there is a cure. There is a cure. Now, here's what you have to understand. Jesus said, I didn't come to do away with this. This will still create order in your life. But what I'm going to do is send Jesus to pay the sin, to pay the penalty for every time we broke it. God, I, so I'm going to send my son because I want relationship with you so desperately. Come on. It's the blood of Jesus which was shed on a cross that we celebrated on Friday that helps us not live under shame. Because of Jesus, come on, bondage can be broken, hurts can be healed, and the dead can live. Well, how was Jesus able to cancel our debts because this is what we owe? Well, the reason was that Jesus was prophet, priest, and king and so him being prophet priest and king king means that he has the authority come on to set us free finally jesus the son of god operated in three offices three functions and we see this in the old testament the old testament is a type and shadow and it's a setup of why we needed jesus and so we begin to walk through prophets priests and kings as Israel begin to grow and that was to let you know come on that this is how I free people think about this the prophet is a faithful witness and in the Old Testament when God wanted to say something he would speak to someone who had paid the price and out of his mouth it would say this is going to happen repent turn and know God the, the prophet was the mouthpiece of God. And Jesus all the time in Matthew was like, everything that you hear me say is everything. Come on, listen, that God has said. And when Jesus got on the cross and he said, it is finished, he was not just communicating, he was prophesying. It's done. Now you have to believe, you have to accept it, but it's done. 
The priest, in the Old Testament, the job of the priest was to live a sanctified life and listen, to be the mediator between man and God. And so they would set up moments where they would sacrifice and it would atone for the wrongs and the sins that man had done. And here's what I want you to know, that Jesus is our ministering priest and he was the sacrifice and he is the go-between that allows the broken to come in come on where sin no longer separates us and now Jesus is at the right hand of God praying for you come on Jesus the king king rules in the old testament we see Saul and we see David and we see kings established and a good king would bring peace, prosperity and protection. And Jesus rules and reigns. He took the keys to death, hell, come on listen, and the grave. That means, here's what this means. Sin has no more legal claim to your life. Now, the enemy can come and attack, and we can open doors. And that doesn't mean that we don't suffer, and we don't have moments where sin is still something we're working on. But when the king decrees it, come on, listen, there is rule, there is law, there is order, and Jesus reigns. So how can we be saved from spiritual death? I'm going to give you three real quick. How can we be saved from spiritual death? And here's the hard one you may have thought. So now you're going to be hard? Because I feel like it's been really heavy. I was thinking that this would be more like a frolic service. And so it's kind of on my heels. Here's the first one. You got to accept the fact that there is no other way. Acts 4 verse 12 says, And there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men that people can be saved no other name great men die kingdoms crumble feelings change come on but God stays the same Jesus took our sin and our sacrifice and and because of his death and resurrection listen you can have life and the Bible says life more abundantly there is no other door to enter And you have to accept it. Once this decision has been made, then you can grow and plant and thrive and maturity, come on, begins to happen. Our culture says that there are many roads and diversity of thought. And so it doesn't matter. And we we don't want to offend. But yet Jesus said, I I am always love and I am truth. But But here's what you need to know about me. I did not come to submit to death. I came to overcome it. Come on. We don't trust in the universe. We don't trust in self-help. That doesn't mean that, come on, some of us don't need help. We're not hoping that karma balances the world. We want life. The Bible is clear to move from death to life You must believe in Jesus. 
Here's the second one. You've got to look to him and find hope. Listen, this Easter, you can look to substitutes or you can look to the Savior of the world. The Easter story is about Jesus rising from the dead. And there was a two-ton boulder covering the, 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 the tomb. There were four guards guarding a dead man. And this is why you should look to Jesus and have hope. Jesus wasn't crucified in a closet. He was out for everyone to see. I am taking your sin, shame, brokenness, addiction, loneliness. I'm taking it all and you can be free. You can be alive. And why is this hope? Because if Jesus can reach into a sealed tomb that's fortified and raise back to life, Jesus, your problems are nothing. What you're dealing with, I'm not saying it's not big and I'm not trying to make it trivial. I'm just saying that if God can shake the world and save the world, he can handle what your need is, where you're at, what's going on in your marriage. Come on, what's going on in your family? What's going on in your finances? God is not dead. He is alive. Come on, y'all give him a hand. Here's the last one. We're going to land this plane. The empty grave means there is so much more for you. There is so much more for you. The story isn't over. Listen, Satan didn't win. And I am speaking over your life, prophesying over your life. That addiction doesn't have to win in your life. Your anger, your background, come on, your triggers, your trauma, your hurdles and hangups don't have to win. Listen, in your life. I don't have to. Jesus at this moment is praying for you. He's at the right hand of the Father and Jesus is coming back for us all. And here's the deal. If you want to be saved from death, you want to live, listen, eternity, they say it's a long time. That was a joke. I know what eternity means. Some of you are like, You're not forgotten. You're not alone. You have a future. You have a destiny. It doesn't matter how the world looks right now. Well, the world's going down and hell and hand back in the hand. Come on. There's more for you. Today is literally about life and death. And listen, listen, I know you may have the information. I'm asking you, do you have the revelation? 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24 says, And he himself bore our sins in his body on a cross so that we might die to sin and live for righteousness. And by his wounds you've been healed. In other words, you were dead. And because of Jesus, and I believe and I re repent for my sin and, and, I, and I look to him as Lord and King, then all of a sudden, healing I'm no longer dead, I'm alive. Now I may be learning how to live free. Come on, hear me. I may be learning how to live free and that is a process and that's called sanctification and we believe that that's transformation and you don't always get all, all of that in one service. That's why we ask people for a year. 
come for a year and let's see what happens. Don't give us a service. We're not trying to light your match in a service. We're trying to see a flame grow in your life. And there's a difference. John 11, 25 and 26 says, and Jesus said, I am the resurrection and I am the life. And he who believes in me, though he die, shall live. And everyone who lives, believes in me, shall never die. Do you believe this? Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We would love to hear how this message impacted you. Feel free to let us know on the Contact Us tab of the house website. We hope you have a great week.